Having no drug is like bad medicine. Any medicine is what I need. Whoa, whoa. Whip it up just like bad medicine. There ain't no doctor that has a cure for me. Whoa, whoa. Hello and welcome to episode 159 of Under the Call of MS. This will be a regular mixed episode, a little bit of comic, a little bit of MS, a little bit of whatever. Uh, it was supposed to come out yesterday, but everything has gone to shit. I'll talk about that later. So, I at least got back and got a recording out uh, for a day or two there. I was just going to quit everything and say, screw it, not deal with it at all, be done with. Stop doing all this podcasting and everything I was doing and just say, Go on a different path for a while, but I'll explain more about that later. Let's get into some comics, get into some enjoyment. Well, some enjoyment, I should say. <laughs> some of this shit sucks. <laughs> no, uh, these are all all right. The first one I'm going to talk about is Valentine by Image Comics, The Ice Death, Volume 1. A little mini trade paperback. 1812, as the mightiest army in the world is pit pitilessly ground into dust by the Russian winter, two soldiers lost in a blizzard are given a package by a, by a dying general. Suddenly, the young soldiers find themselves hunted and relentless. Blood-eyed monsters out of their worst childhood nightmares. For those tales of terror and legend told across the earth, all have a kernel of truth. Humans are not alone, and these monsters, now stuck in a world whose magic has drained away, will do anything to go home. Pity the humans caught in their path. Yeah, this is not my cup of tea to start with. My wife picked it up somewhere uh, at some book book sale she was at. And I'm not into the big Civil War style, uh, Nazi War, horseback uh, battles where they're just lined up, launching off weaponry, just taking down mass forces. Then along with that, you got tons of horses getting killed senselessly for... Nothing that they did, just stuck with some dumbass humans that decide they have to kill each other to make a point. So you go through this, and then you see these two characters get away from uh, the main part of the war. They run into this guy that gives them a, a sword, and the one guy is able to wield the sword, kind of like the whole Merlin and the sword type. Uh storyline then you see some other red-eyed characters appear and some other civilians that they end up working alongside with and it jumps in and out of and they go to like a dream world type state and give you more of a backstory of what's going on and they're trying to get get these characters 
these mythical fantasy style characters back to their realm, which is more of a mythical realm. And this one character, uh, during his escapades, uh, the sword wielder ends up falling in a lake and getting saved by a, a water girl. I'll call her not necessarily a mermaid or anything like that. But a water girl figure, and as these characters work their way back to their original realm, she gets lost in our realm, and he wants to come back and save her because she saved him. So why not? He doesn't know who she is or anything, but why not risk your life to help out someone that helped you once? And it's it it sucked me in the second half. The second half of the book wanted me. To I wanted to keep going, and then they end it with an ending that leaves you hanging, the big old cliffhanger. And so I'm like, okay, I got to go get the rest and figure out what's up. And I researched this online, and I can't find nothing beyond volume one. So that kind of irritated me. It looked like it was done in the early 2000s. And uh, let's see here. We got 2012 is the published date, printing, first printing date on this. So they've had nine years to do something, and they haven't. So I'm assuming this is done and over with. So I'm just going to put this for sale. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I'd actually, I'd like to see where the story was going and what was going to come of it in the future. But since they couldn't, you know, you know nothing beyond volume one, I guess I'm going to have to let that one go. Unless I hear some rumors that something is happening. And then I was going to do a challenge to take on Anthony and one of our other characters from our Crimson Color Comic Club and Under the Color Podcast. And he read, I can't remember offhand now, exact number. I think it was 34 comics in one day. And... I was going to do my Elvira's Mistress, Mistress of the Dark, the Volume 1s, uh, the first run. And I have the first hundred-some comics of it, so I was going to... I started, I read the first one, <laughs> but that's the only book I read that day. So I didn't get beyond that, but I want to set these aside because I have the newer run of Elvira, and I want to read them one-to-one, two-to-two, three-to-three. Just back to back, just to see how what similarities each one has story wise. If they just did it lazy and went with the same old stories, or if they uh, had more fun with it and played with it. This one you got starts out with a vampire tale, and <laughs> it's just typical Elvira having fun, taking advantage of the vampire herself, and her. Runner wants her gone, so she tries to put Elvira through a variety of different types of shows, and Elvira, of course, prevails through each one. Everybody likes her no matter what she does. And they start her out as a horror host and then put her into like a baking show, a news show, stuff like that. It just bounces her around. And then she gets back at the Old hag that's running the studio in her own evil Elvirish ways, evil and fun ways. That was an enjoyable story. 
I read these so long ago, I don't remember which ones I did read, which ones I didn't. I just been trying to collect the whole series. Uh, you get one where she does acting in a Kong style movie, and that's a fun second story that you get in here. And she deals with a lecturer's uh, boss movie producer whatever so you get to see what she does with him that's a lot of fun uh i checked out finally started reading some of my takisoma books i did the synergy trade paperback on last week's crimson Cull comic club so if you want go back and check that out find out about that it was an enjoyable story that i'd like to see more of but apparently they only did the volume one of that also so Lazy bastards need to get out and start doing some more shit. <laughs> but the second one I checked out was Rapture. Great paperback. Volume. Oh, it doesn't even say volume one on it. So this one might not have a, a beyond uh, thing with this, but... uh. After warring for a century, Earth's greatest champions and villains suddenly disappear, leaving the planet decimated, like a rapture. The powers are gone, and humanity is left behind to pick up the pieces. Amongst this wreckage, two lovers, Evelyn and Gil, find themselves separated by a continent and willing to do anything to find each other again. But when a strange being named the Word turns Evelyn into a champion with an angelic spear. She finds the force of her love for Gil clashing with her newfound power. Love and destiny collide in what will become the worst breakup ever. Uh, I love, I mentioned it in the Crimson Color Comic Club with the other, with the Synergy book and stuff. I love the way she does her colors. Uh, the people she uses her colors to express people's feelings at those moments. And you kind of get that, that extra pull with the storyline because of how she does her, her artwork. And I really enjoyed that storylines kind of, I'm curious how much of the writing she did because I've noticed in center in both books, actually kind of a cog fog MS style writing to some of the stuff. So I, I like that. Noticing that myself. But what happens here with these characters, the girl, Evelyn, I believe it is, uh, gets offered up this sword, which is basically the blade without a nice handle. It's kind of like a spear type thing. But these characters are feeding off of people's power who had powers and stuff like that. They're cannibalistic. And she gets the power of the sword. And she can wield it. It gives her some extra superpowers. And she just wants to. Find her love. And the character that sets her up with the sword. Basically says as long as you keep following what the sword asks you to do. You will get to where you're trying to get to. And. So she keeps fighting along and she finds him. Doesn't realize that she is appearing at moments of time where he is throughout this. And then she finally does come across his band playing 
and some things happened with him and um, some hurt love causes conflict and stuff like that. But yeah, this was very enjoyable. I definitely want to see more Taki Soma, but sadly she doesn't have as much out there as I'd like. I used to be able to find her online very easily. Well, not really easily, but I could find out uh, her layouts, her stories and stuff. But some of those sites just disappeared, and I'm like, what the heck's going on? And you can still find things about Bitch Planet that she's working on, and she also does a lot of stuff with Michael Avon Oming, and they worked on the Old Guard and the After Realm and then the Rapture and Synergy. I can't find the other stuff that I, the other site I used to be on. I don't know what happened. Might have been part of Comixology, one of the comic sites. But apparently something happened like 15 years ago with her, with this, some jackass named Charles Brownstein, who was part of the comic book. Legal Defense Fund, which makes no sense that part of a legal defense fund and he's out there harassing women, being a piece of shit. But, uh, yeah, something happened with all that. Uh, Things came up online and brought back some of the old issues. And so he resigned from the comic book Legal Defense Fund. And I don't really want to get in deeper on that. What happened, happened with them. And the other thing, I'm running out of comic book time, so I gotta get this through this quick. But uh, the other thing I read was the first five issues of Sacred Six, which, if you don't know nothing about Sacred Six, it's spinning out of the current hit series Vampirella. Four women are lured to rural Georgia as part of a mysterious scheme to defend an impoverished farming town, which finds itself under siege by zealots. But this isn't just any impoverished farming town. And these aren't just any four women. The all-new Draculina, Pantha, Nyx, and Chastity have been brought together in Ashthorn in an effort to avert all-out war against nearby sacred Georgia. But Ashthorn has a deadly secret. Sacred has a deadly purpose, and lurking in the shadows is Lilith, the immortal sorceress and mother to Vampirella. Uh, It's fun seeing these characters in this way, this format. Uh, Draculina, Pantha, Nyx, and Chastity. Pantha, first five issues, just stays the Black Panther cat. Uh, So I don't even know if she can transform to a human form or not. Uh, So that was kind of different to me and they kind of work with panther and stuff but you're not getting like a talking cat or anything like that but sacred six are apparently a cult that uh, is kind of like revamping their club their group and these four are trying to figure out what's going on they're hunting them down and dealing with all the issues around it it gets into things with a couple kids that were disappeared and they hunt 
they're hunting down. Uh, more information to find out what's going on with that. Uh, basically, the igni, 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 enigmatic dark council known, known as the Six seeks to radicalize the peaceful vampires of Ashthorn, while adversaries become unlikely allies as the crisis of missing human children threatens both human and supernatural residents alike. Lilith of Draculon passes forward with her own mysterious agenda regarding the half, regru- recruiting the half-vampire Chastity and the all-new Draculina to help her achieve it. Meanwhile, Nyx, daughter of the mad, do- mad god Chaos, hunts Lilith for revenge, while Pantha forges an uneasy truce with the city of Sacred's guardians as time runs out to find a missing piece or find the missing boys. And throughout this, you find a lot of the chaos uh, style characters popping up in a different type of form. And it's, it's enjoyable just seeing them in a, in a whole different point of view. I, my bit, my thing I liked with Dynamite and stuff, they like to revamp the characters and re- redo the storylines instead of just re- rewriting everything over and over. Uh, but yeah, if you like these characters at all, I suggest checking out Sacred Six. Get yourself a new view of the whole Dynamite team and see if you like it. But that's it for the comic section now. We'll get back to the MS section next. Alright, I was going to talk about some other MS stuff, but I ran a little longer than I planned with the comics. I should have just made this an all-comic portion, which it kind of is in the long run. So I'm going to talk about Takisoma again. Give you a little bit about her MS treatment. Uh, I don't know what year it happened. But after many years of troubling and repeating symptoms, doctor visits, and hospital stays, which many of us go through, constantly misdiagnosed, all this regular bullshit, doctors not listening to us, not looking at what they should. Takisoma was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. It was a lot of effort to get her diagnosed. They had to push and insist on tests. By the time she was diagnosed, Taki could barely walk and was in severe pain on her left side with an arm and hand that were curled up and useless. The MRI showed nine lesions on her brain, as well as a large one nesting at the base of her brain near the spine. It was decided that they should take the most aggressive treatment as soon as possible. However, that treatment is very costly even with insurance, and is something she needs for the rest of her life. To top it off, the bills for the many doctor visits, the three-night stays in the hospital, the tests, the scans, and infusions were piling up already. They contacted the HERO Initiative, and they responded right away. The HERO Initiative had been there for their family that year, When two elderly members were dying of cancer, they were there for them just to provide information, 
guidance and support through confusing paperwork and mixed medical care for their elders. Now again, they've come through for them by providing funds to cover the first treatment that Taki needed right away for a disease that could lead to permanent disability if not taken care of. They cannot thank the Hero Initiative enough. They've supported the game, blah, blah, blah. I know Taki and Michael only have been part of the Hero Initiative. So it's a wonderful program that's out there to help people that get that need it. Uh, but yeah, so that's a little bit about Taki. Uh, another person misdiagnosed, not listened to, not treated by doctors for many years. And then by the time it's too late and your body's falling apart, they finally help you out. By then, the disease is so advanced that you can't revert it. Can't do nothing to take it back and get back to where you should have been if they would have got you on treatment early in life. But what are you gonna do? And all you can do is bitch, try and sue them, whatever. And they're just gonna win in the long run. We don't mean nothing to to them. We're non-existing entities of the environment. Yes. Uh, we got a disease that's invisible, a disease with no cure, and a disease that nobody gives two shits about. As an example, I pushed the, on multiple platforms to try and get MS Awareness Month pushed out there. Yeah, I wanted to get my podcast announced with it, but I even took that off the plate and just tried to push for people to try and just mention MS Awareness Month, and I couldn't even get people to do that. Like you pieces of shit. <laughs> it's like, if I did something, other, other stupid, useless thing, you'd gladly put that out there, but you can't sit there and give two shits about something that we're trying to get more recognition, recognition about. But yeah. yeah, as you can tell, I'm kind of pissy. <laughs> I got a lot of attitude. Here's what happened. <laughs> All right, I'm all set up, all ready to go. Day before my infusion, uh, which would have been the 19th, because 20th was supposed to be my infusion. Uh, about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I get a call from, well, about 1 o'clock, I get a call confirming my appointment. Everything's good to go. We'll see you tomorrow at the hospital. We're all set up. All of a sudden, an hour later, I get a phone call from another nurse at the hospital, and she's like, we have no medication here for you. It never came. Mind you, the week before all this bullshit, two week, the week to two weeks before all this bullshit, I contacted Genetech, made sure my medication was all set up, everything was a go, it was going to be there. They had, knew the dates. They checked everything, told me everything was all set. I double-checked with them a week later to make sure everything was still good. Everything is like a go. Contacted my neurologist's nurse and uh, asked make sure, because Genetech said make sure with them, too, that everything is a good, uh, is good to go. Just make sure you got all Basis covered, so I contacted her, and she got back to me, and she said, everything's all set. It's all good to go. All the paperwork's done. It should be there, no problem. 
And then I find out there's no medication there for me. Because I have a driver set up for the next morning. They tell me uh, she's going to keep searching, keep contacting Genentech and everybody and try and get a hold of my neurologist. Find out what the hell's going on, where all the shit is. If you don't hear back to me from her by five, I'm supposed to assume that they never got anything, just cancel my appointment. So I waited out, made some contacts, tried to get a hold of people myself, figure out what the hell's going on. And it's by 530, I'm like, well, I better call the ride place and cancel my ride because they're going to be pissed if they show up and I'm not going anywhere with them at six in the morning. So I did that. Got that all canceled. Of course, my first time with the ride place, I have to cancel. So I look like an asshole right off the bat. So that pissed me off. Uh, but yeah, I was, I, was, I was so looking forward to finally getting the meds because for the past four weeks prior to that, I'd been going through the crap gap and my body's just shutting down worse and worse. And so uh, after all that bullshit, I had a breakdown. I snapped. And then the next couple of days felt even shittier. So I probably caused myself to get another lesion or two, or probably increase the size of a couple of lesions by getting, by losing it. But it just, I'm tired of it. It's like <clears throat> my first two half infusions, both of them had problems with the paperwork. My neurologist back then, my old neurologist. Sent the paperwork to the wrong places. Finally got it settled. Both infusions were late by a couple of weeks. My first full infusion came across the board. Told everything was good to go. Time came. Nothing set up and ready. Neurologist again sent the paperwork off to the wrong places. And all you had to do is stick it in a fucking fax machine. Punch in a nine-digit number or whatever the hell it is or ten-digit number. And it'll fax it right to the place. I mean, how hard is the fucking... There's two places. You got the fucking hospital, and you got Genetech that run that owns the damn medication. There's only two people that you could send this shit to. So, it's like... I don't understand how hard this is. I mean, granted, it's expensive-ass medication and shit, but I didn't ask for it. I didn't ask for this fucking disease. I didn't ask for the medication to be put on this shit. But they're the ones telling me which medications go on, and I'm doing what I'm fucking told by my doctors. But my doctors aren't going following through and getting the shit set up, so my body's falling apart worse. It's causing me to have my lesions grow or add more lesions into my brain and spine, which is going to progress my disease even worse, fast, even faster than I don't want it to go. I'm trying to block it from hitting the wheelchair level, but I'm not having no luck with that because my body's getting more and more painful every fucking day. So, all that aside, I just, the next two days, I'm like, screw it. I'm not even going to bother hunting shit down, hunting for information, making phone calls all freaking day. So, it's going to piss me off. I'm just going to snap. It's going to be a lot of effort wasted, and I'm not going to get anywhere. So, then my neurologist calls me a couple days later. Like, don't worry, I did get the message. I heard that your medication wasn't there. I'm trying to track it down. I'm trying to figure out what happened. And <laughs> I get some other wonderful news. It's like, well, 
a while back, my nurse left me. So apparently after I contacted her last, not long after that, she left him. His practice. And it's funny because she was the nurse for my first neurologist <laughs> that I had. And then she went to this one and I wasn't following her around. I was following, following the doctor. But uh, and then he tells me, and I also got bad news in May. <laughs> I'm leaving my practice. So in two weeks, I'm not going to have a neurologist anymore. So I'm dealing with my freighter group, which is the hospital group organization, multiple buildings in different counties. Uh, every one of my doctors are with them except for my neurologist. So I'm trying to get back there with a neurologist so I can get them all on one network again. And because everything will be back on my chart, which is a beautiful thing. You can talk to your doctors without hassle, do your prescriptions, all that shit, right online through there. But with this new neurologist, I was going through CSM network and I'd call and ask for an answering machine system. I'm sure I mentioned this before. So I could leave a message for my doctor. And the lady at the switchboard would make me tell her what I want to ask the doctor. And she's going to relay it to him. Well, Boston Transition's a real thing. And it's not going to get to him the way I tell you. And number two, what the hell happened to patient doctor? Uh, Patient doctor uh, confidentiality stuff. It's like, I should just talk to a lawyer and sue them just for that. I mean, it's like, why would I tell someone I don't even know my health issues and have them talk to someone else for me? That makes no sense. But yeah, so that happened and it just destroyed everything. Just put everything into a shithole and basically sent my body spiraling downward and mentally I'm gone. I I'm trying, I'm struggling to bring it back. I'm trying, you got this podcast. You're lucky to even get this. My four, four and a fifth listeners out there. It's like, I was just ready to give everything up, but I can't, I can't give it up just because a bunch of dumbasses. I got to keep fighting this monster. See what I can do to, make it work out better but yeah i'm running out of time so i will try and keep going trying it back to a normal routine but we're just gonna have to see what happens i have an idea what i'm gonna do and try some things and i will talk to you about those if if i keep going with everything the way i used to keep the different types of platforms getting some ms deep dives about it and stuff and so hopefully we'll get back on a regular routine and we'll see what happens. But now at least I got you another podcast out. Hope you enjoyed it. I know I wasn't the happiest person today, but I think it was all right. But we'll talk to you again later. Check out the other pods, Chris Call Comic Club, Under the Call. I don't know what's up. There ain't no videos going up at all for a long time. So hopefully there'll be some in the future, but other than that, see what's up. Under the calls on hiatus right now, too. So, but maybe we'll get our platforms all back up and running to normal. So.
Take care. Talk to you again soon. Have a great day. Good job, monster. Be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else.